Hey everyone, welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we bring the stories of real life rescues to you firsthand from those involved. I'm your host today, Grant Schwalbe, and today with me I've got Neil Graham. How you doing, Neil? I'm pretty good, thank you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your department you work for? Uh, well, uh, you said my name is Neil Graham. Uh, I work for Fort Myers, City of Fort Myers in Florida. Uh, I've been working there going on 17 years. It'll be 17 years this January. Uh, I did a few years up in Michigan before I came down here. Um, and uh, that's pretty much that story. Um, 44 years old. I've been in the fire service since I was around 20. I went to fire school when I was 19. And, uh, you know, been there ever since. Why don't you tell us about your, uh, about the, de- the department you work for um, and like what you guys get out of box alarm and who's doing searching and, and tell us about that. Okay. Uh, well, Fort Myers is what you'd consider to be a uh, small to medium sized department, I suppose. Uh, six fire stations. Um, we're about uh, just around 60 square miles. We're just shy of 100,000 permanent residents right now. Um, it's a growing area. Uh, like everybody knows it's a, it's one of the, this year, one of the fastest growing cities in the United States from what they say. Uh, but it wasn't always supposed to be that way. Um, as you know, when we went through fire school, they talked about the city of Fort Myers as being this stagnant place that really had no chance for growth and, and, you know, advancement. And, you know, that's kind of how it was sold to me as a, as a place. They said, if you want to go somewhere where there's action come work here if you want money and advancement opportunities don't um luckily for me i i have always liked being busy uh place i worked in michigan was a busy little place it was a single station department but it was pretty busy for a place like that we do 50 or 60 house fires a year out of one station so i got a pretty decent share in the the five years i worked there um so anyway so fort myers is uh it's a pretty cool place you get a little bit of everything um you know, you got uh, fancy ritzy parts of town with lots of money. And then you got, you know, a little bit less fortunate areas of town, rundown areas, um, lots of commercial, um, some light light and industrial thrown in. So uh, depending on which direction you go out of your station, you get a little bit of everything. We run part of a highway just like you do. Um, you know, that's about that uh, as far as the, the department demographics. Um, it, uh, you know, as far as how we run things, that's changed over the years. Um, when I started working here, we, we've never really had a truck culture in our fire department. We've had an, it's about been all engine based. Um, we have had trucks, but they've always been two people on them. You know, if, if you're lucky, you might have a third on a, any given day, but not very often. Uh, and we never staffed the trucks with officers. So it was the driver who was in charge and then a firefighter. So our trucks have never really been relied upon as first in um, companies as far as being able to operate independently. They would be kind of tacked onto an engine company and uh, given a job from from that. Um, so back this grab we're going to talk about first uh, was back in 2005, uh, January, February 2005. I'd been out about a year here, and uh, they. Uh, you know, back then we ran things different than we're moving to running them now. Um, so all of our searches were based off engines. And most of the time it was the fire attack team that was trying to do a search and fire attack simultaneously. Um, you know, as you know, and most people that do this a while find out it doesn't really work all that well. Um, it's hard to do two things like that at the same time and be good at both. 
So um, anyway, that's how it was then. Um, it, we're moving in a better direction now where we're trying to divvy up these jobs and, you know, get fire attack. That's their job and get search in there doing, doing search and vents doing vent and all that good stuff. Um, it's a long process to get things changed when you've got, you know, a, I mean, this department's been around since the early 1900s. So you got a lot of, a lot of history of doing things the same way. So it's very hard to change it. Uh, but it's coming along. Um, and that's about it. What else do you want to know about it? Um, that's so good. Why don't we talk about, uh, let's take us back to 05 and let's talk about this uh, grab. Okay. Well, uh, I was on an engine company in our downtown station at the time. Um, it was, I believe, I want to say early evening to late afternoon. I can't remember exactly what time it was. I would say maybe uh, maybe four o'clock, five o'clock, somewhere down around dinner time, but I could be mistaken. It could have been earlier in the day than that. Um, you know, you're talking about a while ago here and my memory's not what it used to be. Um, but anyway, uh, I do remember that we had four people on our engine that day and uh, we got toned out for a medical call. Um, so we were running to the medical call and we were probably halfway there or more, three quarters of the way there and uh, the toned out uh, a house fire and it came in. Uh, we weren't on the alarm because we were already dispatched to this medical, um, but we were, yeah, oh geez, I would say we weren't more than about five to ten blocks from it. It was right over near where our medical call was going. Um, so they toned it out, house fire. Uh, the person that called it in was still inside, um, couldn't get out. I remember the dispatch, she said they, they couldn't get out, the fire was was making it um, difficult for them to get the front door open. Um, so my boss, he, he jumps on it. You know, we, we just turned the rig around and went back the other way. Um, and we flew over there. Uh, I had enough time in the back to get dressed. Um, so I got, I got dressed on the way. Uh, the other firefighter in the back, she got dressed on the way. Uh, the boss and the driver, they didn't get dressed. So when we pulled up, it was actually when we pulled up the only one that was ready to work was me uh the other firefighter was a little bit slower so i jumped off the rig went with my captain we went to the front of the house the police were there um police were already had people inside there was smoke coming out the front door um it wasn't a crazy ripping fire i'll tell you that right now it was uh it was a kitchen fire and by the time we got there it was you know stove cabinets little bit of that it was nothing crazy there wasn't any fire rolling over and coming out the door or anything like that uh smoke was moderate um uh, it wasn't even zero visibility up to the front of the house it was uh you know like i said moderate i could see okay once i got down low um so anyway we got to the front yard my captain just he takes one look at it sees these cops running around and he just tells me he says you get in there and you get them I said, okay. So I masked up real fast. Uh, I ran in the front door, hit my knees, started crawling in. Um, I get back about halfway through the house. I run across a cop. He's in there, of course, you know, no protection. Um, oh, back up. As we walked up to the front of the house, the one cop came out with a baby. So baby's out. Um, somebody starts yelling, there's more in there. So that's when, when we came up there and my boss told me to go in. So I go in, I find another cop. Um, he's coughing, you know, he's, he's kind of just stuck in this one spot. And he tells me, he says, they're, they're back there. They're back there. It was, uh, 
right about where the living room and the bedroom hallway connected up. So um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was something that was kind of blocking his way. It was like, I can't remember if it was a door that was opened uh, in the way, uh, something. I just remember that he wasn't able to to advance back there, especially with the smoke conditions that we had. It was thickening up, um, you know, no no ventilation back there. So uh, I told him to get out. I said, get out of here, man. You're no good to me in here. So he he takes off. Uh, I proceed to uh, crawl down the hallway. It was not a very long hallway, four or five feet, until um, you got to where all the bedrooms met up in the bathroom. Um, uh, start feeling around. There was a lot of stuff, uh, baskets of clothes and stuff like that. I remember picking up, I think it was a mirror, and kind of shoving it out of my way and throwing it, throwing it over my shoulder, and it broke. Um, I try to get a search of one of the bedrooms real fast. Didn't find anything. I come back to the hallway and in that pile of stuff that I had been crawling around in, I realized there was a person there. Um, missed them, missed them the first time, went right past. Um, so I start trying to move this person. Uh, at that point, my partner comes in. Um, so I told her, I said, we got somebody here. So I started trying to sit this person up, but they were on their belly. Um, and at the time, I hadn't practiced search a whole lot, to be honest. So I didn't really think much about how to, you know, how to reorient their body. I was just trying to pick them up. And it was like a fight and a losing battle because you're trying to bend them backwards, right? So finally, um, I, I kind of just wiggled this person up off the ground enough. And then I realized there was another person underneath them. Um, and it turned out it was a kid. Uh, turned out afterwards, it was, I think they said, 14, 15-year-old kid um but it had some developmental issues a little bit so it was a little bit undersized um but i just scooped this kid up i just yelled out to my partner i got a kid i'm going scooped the kid up in one arm and ran out to the front passed him off um i run back in get back down there find my partner she's she's trying to drag the other person i was turned out to be the mother uh and hadn't moved her more than a foot or two um, I don't know what the holdup was, but they didn't get very far. So um, at that point, the the engine, come, the next engine had come in. They had stretched the line to the kitchen. They'd already put a knock on the fire. Um, and there was more people showing up than you could handle, right? So the whole front yard was crawling with people. So as soon as I passed that kid off, it was off and whisked them away to the ambulance. Um, I go back uh, with my partner there. We start trying to drag the uh, the mom out. Um, in the end, we ended up just doing, you got a leg, I got a leg and, you know, ready, go, ready, go, ready, go. And we, and we drug her to the front. Um, and by the time we got her there, unfortunately half her clothes were off and, you know, it was get to the front door. People, people took her and whisked her off to the ambulance. And, uh, luckily for us, they all made it. Everybody was good. But when they got them out, they were all, um, I don't think any of them were in arrest, but they were all unconscious when they, when they came out. Um, and, you know, they, they weren't breathing real good because of all the smoke, but uh, they got him in the ambulance. They gave him a lot of oxygen. I think they CPAP, maybe CPAP somebody. I'm not real sure. Got them all, got them all good. Um, so that was good. Uh, as far as how it went, I remember thinking that it did not go smoothly at all, <laughs> even though the whole thing didn't take very long. Um, but, you know, I, I felt kind of funny about the way that I didn't recognize right away that it was people. 
Um, and then I always felt really bad about the way the drag went and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And from, you know, from working with you, you and I working together for such a while at the Academy, I think you, you see now maybe why, why I enjoy learning, learning as much about search as well as teaching it with you, because there's always something to improve on. Right. And back then I was really not good at this stuff at, as far as searching and, and dragging. And I, I didn't have a plan is what I should probably say. You know, I always tell people they should have a plan back then. I really didn't have one. Um, I was young and kind of dumb. And a lot of the people I worked with it, we were kind of, it was fly by the seat of your pants kind of, kind of thing. And you just, you figure it out when you get there. And I've come to realize over the years that that is really not a good way to run fire department. Um, so I've, I've changed my ways quite a bit. Uh, no, I, I know I had to kind of bend your arm a little bit to uh, get you to do this one. Uh, we've talked about this one before. And you said it was kind of bread and butter, nothing really to it, but I took away so much by hearing this story from you. Um, can, do you get an idea of time factor from arrival to, to victim? I would say, I would have to say it was less than five minutes from arrival to, to uh, removal. Um, you know, it, it always seems like a lot longer when you're in there, but it, it goes pretty quick. Um, so yeah, I would say less than five minutes. Um, yeah. A um, couple other takeaways that I had, this was, you know, we, when we're teaching and search, we always say, once you find one pause for a second and see if you find another victim. Cause I think it was, uh, Larry McCormick said, people don't want to die alone. So if, if you're going to find one, the chance that you find in two is, is pretty good if they're in there. How would you decide which victim you were taking out first? Oh, that's easy. The easiest one. That's, that's it. Plain and simple. Whichever one is the easiest grab is the one that goes first. Uh, and, and why? Why we've talked about this before, but well, because I mean, you know, easy is going to be fast, right? So you take the sure thing. It's like in life. It's like if you're going to give me, you're going to tell me you can give me twenty bucks, or I can hang on, and maybe you'll give me thirty. I'll take the twenty. You know, it's the sure thing. Um, and sometimes it's just the way to go. So. That's, that's the way I figured it. And with searches, you, you take the sure thing. On top of that, you know, think about it from the perspective of being a parent. No parent would want to live and have their kid not. So, you know, you find a, a parent and a kid. The parent obviously is trying to protect the kid or else she wouldn't have been on them, right? Wouldn't have had them underneath her in this hallway, in this smoky hallway. So, you know, what parent wouldn't want you to take their kid first? So that's, that's how it goes. Oh, I, love, I love your analogy on that. That stuck with me pretty good. And you took the victim out, you came back in and uh, helped your partner. I like that a lot because you know where you left off and you know where your partner was rather than sticking with the victim that you brought out and trying to tell another crew where to, where to find her to help her. Yep. Uh, we don't teach much anymore searching with tools. We say, take your tool with you, but search with your hands. Talk about that a little bit in, uh, in the piles of stuff you had to go through. Oh, um, yeah, I did not have a tool. Um, back then I didn't, I was, it wasn't real common for us to take a tool for something like that anyway. And it kind of caught us off guard. Um, anyway, you know, so I jumped off the rig. I just had my hands and, you know, a lot of people would say that's wrong. And I, most times I would say, you're right. It, you should at least have a tool to the door. Uh, but I didn't, I showed up empty handed, just me. Um, but it wouldn't have done me much good anyway in there. You know, I mean, we got in there and like I said, it's, it kind of tight furniture. Um, but once you got in the hallway, there's baskets of clothes and stuff. I mean, what's, what's the tool really going to do other than I'm going to end up losing it in a pile of clothes and, and stuff anyway. Um, 
you know, I do like the the idea that what we teach about leaving the tool at the door when you go in these bedrooms to leave you oriented. But, you know, in this situation, it wouldn't have made much difference. It was a small house. I think I, if I remember correctly, it was a two bedroom, um, small kitchen, small living room, two bedroom, probably under a thousand square feet. And the bedrooms and the bathroom were all clustered together in a tiny hallway in the back. So there was really no chance of getting disoriented back there. Um, you know, and losing your place, it was, it was pretty easy. That, the, most of the houses that we run on are in that, in that size range. You know, we don't run on most of the massive houses. We have them in, in, in the city, but they don't seem to be the ones that catch on fire very often. You know, the ones that do are these little ones, two, three bedrooms, a thousand square feet, at least under 12 most of the time. Um, it's a lot of apartments. So, you know, in those buildings, it's, you almost have to try to get lost in a building that size. So to wrap up, it's cool to see uh, how you've progressed through your career in, in, in a lot like me. The things we weren't good at early on or the things we screwed up on, uh, we really try to focus on, on, focus in on. What did you try? You said you had a few screw-ups. You didn't feel real good about the search. So what did you come out of here? This fire was early on, not in your career as a firefighter, but in your career at, at City. How, what did you start working on after that? Oh, well, it, it still took a while because, you know, it depends on who you're working with and, and what they decide is important, right? When you're a young person, young firefighter, you, you, what's important to you is what's important to the, the rest of your crew. And, uh, you know, it, I don't know, we, we didn't really spend a lot of time doing searches. Um, even after this, we didn't spend a lot of time. We would do little things here and there, do a search in the bedroom upstairs in the bunk room. Um, but we didn't really practice zero visibility. We didn't really practice a whole lot with repositioning of, of victims. We didn't practice a whole lot of uh, learning a few drags that work all the time. Um, so anyway, eventually once I started practicing this stuff and uh, trying to get better at it, that's, that's the stuff you focus on the same stuff that we teach in school, you know, learn a feet first drag, learn, a, learn a, a head first drag, um, have your go-to moves. Um, you know, be able to recognize positioning of, of how you find these victims and, you know, what uh, get to a point really quickly where you decide which way you're going to go. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Really, really simple is what I like to work on. I like keeping things real simple because uh, simple always works. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's the stuff I focused on. Um, and that's what I still focus on. And that's what I try to teach the, the, the younger guys as I'm teaching them. Nice. Well, we appreciate you sharing your story, Neil. If you make a grab or assist, alive or deceased, please go to www.firefighterrescuesurvey.com and take that short survey. This information is for us, by us, and updated in real time. If you want to share your story on the Grabs podcast, reach out to me, Grant Schwalbe, Justin McWilliams, or Nick Ledeen. You can um, state your name in your department or you can remain completely anonymous. We just want to record more grabs. Uh, so until then, thanks for listening.